Thank you for joining us for this episode of Journey Now, produced by Journey Church in Brentwood, Tennessee. For more information on Journey Church and our gatherings, visit journeytn.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of the Journey Now podcast. It is Monday. I am Mike. Therefore, it is Mike Monday. We uh, take this space to go through some uh, beliefs that have been a list. I found a list years ago of, of a, a list of toxic Christian beliefs put together by someone who's not a Christian, assuming that this is what Christians think. And in some cases, it's accurate. In some cases, it's not. But um, I've heard bits and pieces of all of these kind of over the course of my journey. And it's been so fun to get to know people in the journey community who resonate with some of these questions and doubts. And so we're, we don't try to kind of put things in a pretty red bow on Mondays. We just want to sit in the middle of big questions and recognize that that process of, of asking and seeking and knocking isn't antithetical to faith. That's, that is a desperate and needed part of faith. And so today, one of my favorite people in the world, Hillary Timmons, joins with me, and we are exploring um, the this the following statement from this list: Having right beliefs about God is more important than how you treat people. And whoa, is there a lot to unpack there? Hillary, welcome. Say hello. Thank you. Hello, uh, Hillary. Tell us um, just a little bit about what your faith inheritance was. And what I mean by that is how you were raised and what kind of church environment was that, if any, and and what were the messages that that you received about uh, what Jesus was like and what it meant to follow him? Yeah. Um, I grew up in a Nazarene church. Um, It would be on the more conservative, evangelical, (laughs) probably fundamental side of things. Um, And I really felt as a kid that being a Christian had to do with doing the right things and not doing the wrong things. Um, You know, there was fear of hell. There was legalism. There was the do your quiet time for 30 minutes a day or you're not saved kind of things. Right. Um, And also the Nazarene church has a teaching about sanctification that was a little problematic for me. Hmm. Um, It was almost a secondary teaching. So when you decided to follow Jesus, it seemed to me that it wasn't that you received the spirit then. It was almost mm. like a second baptism. Mm. And so I think I I started feeling like whenever my life didn't match up with what it should have looked like as yeah. a Christian, I questioned if I was sanctified. And so oh. there was a lot of rededicating through the years growing up because maybe yeah. I didn't do it right the first time. Right. And not to say that there weren't so many positive things in that experience too. I think I really did meet Jesus there. Um, And I will say my parents were such a beautiful buffer to all of that. Um, They became believers later in their lives after they were Mm. married. And Mm. my dad was a biologist. So I love that. um, Yeah. The environment in our home was, it was okay to ask any question. It was okay Mm. to be curious Science was not the enemy. I mean, it really, for my dad, was a lens through which to see the glory of God in a deeper way. Um, And I didn't grow up with like the constraint that, you know, creation had to have happened in a literal seven days. So there just was a lot of freedom that I experienced 
from my parents, which kind of yeah. counteracted what I grew up with in the church. Yeah. And I would imagine, of course, uh, if you're a bringing, so I went to a Grace Brethren church, which was uh-huh. um, uh, very conservative as well. And there would, there, there seemed to be this, I don't know, disjunct between, I was taught to believe certain things and that mattered. And I was taught to behave certain things, but I had no way to put together how those two bits of my life fit. Right. right? So like your sanctification example is really powerful. Um, if you're in danger of losing your salvation after any, you know, any bit of sin, then, um, then we're in trouble. When, when was it for you that, that your faith started to become real? Like what was the filter through which then all of a sudden, okay, you're kind of, you've had this great example with your parents. Some of this church teachings are a little, okay, hard to put together. When, when did that start coming together for you? Yeah. So a little context. I think growing up was pretty easy and uneventful generally for me. But I went away to college and I experienced my first heartbreak. (laughs) I was very publicly engaged in front of the entire school during a mandatory chapel and then very shortly thereafter broken up with. And so I just spiraled and I went away to Europe with a few girlfriends for a few months and just partied in every sense of that word for Mm -hmm. a while. Mm -hmm. And I sat on trains going through countries in a lot of shame for the first time, I think, in my life. And I think I encountered a Jesus that I didn't expect at that point. So Mm -hmm. I didn't find a God who couldn't look at me because my sin was too much for his holiness. I encountered a Jesus who was open arms and welcoming me back in and Mm. pursuing me more Mm -hmm. than shunning me because- Even in the middle of the train, even in the middle of this Even knowing I was going to go do it the next day. Right. I felt those whispers and those drawings from Jesus always. And that surprised me. Yes. Um, So fast forward a few years, I met Tim at that same university. We got married. We go into youth ministry. Life is good. Yeah. Um, about our third year of marriage, Tim was diagnosed with a rare and incurable yeah. cancer. And the first specialist we saw said he thought Tim had about five years to live. And so commenced the second, second spiraling of my life. Yeah. And I mean, I wrestled God. I kicked and punched and screamed and fought him. And I had to, I had to ask all those questions about his goodness and our suffering. Mm -hmm. And I just, Mm -hmm. I just wrestled around. And again, I found a Jesus who loved me gently, who answered my questions, who walked Mm -hmm. with me. He didn't solve it. He didn't heal Tim, but he showed up in ways more powerfully. I knew that God, that God could in the life of a, of a human. So I just found him real and present. And so I think I kept having these experiences with God that proved both that he was bigger and broader and more powerful and real and present than the church had presented him to be. Wow. And I kept having experiences where I either behaved in a certain way or asked certain kinds of questions or, you know, wrestled with life in a way that the church would have said was unacceptable. And he still loved me and he still drew me in deeper and showed me more of himself. And so 
I mean, I, I really look back on my life and I think I've been deconstructing since almost the moment that I came to faith. Mm. I kind of think that's what faith is actually. Mm. Um, but I didn't find within the church that that was very acceptable in, in many of my Christian circles or experiences that deconstruction thing wasn't welcomed. Yeah. Um, asking the hard questions was too scary, I guess. Yeah. And so I think somewhere along the way, I started identifying more with people outside the church than with people <laughs> inside the church. Um, and I same thing happened to Jesus. Yes. Uh, and that was that was kind of earth shattering. But I, I yeah. think I just kept seeing the church presenting itself to the world in a way that kind of said, here's the box that you have to fit in to be welcomed inside. Yeah. And yet I was knowing this Jesus who had arms open wide and said, come to me. Right. And it kept looking like the church was standing in front of him saying, whoa, 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 wait, not until you assent to this, that, and the other belief, can you come in? <laughs> and I, I yeah. rail against that. I think that makes my heart bleed. So I think when we look at this, this idea of having the right beliefs about God is more important than how we treat people. Yeah. Where my heart aches is um, how the church as a whole treats the world as a whole. So I know yeah. that I could look at this question more individually. Yeah. Like how am I treating the individuals yeah. in my life with the love of Jesus? I, I see it in a bigger way. I think what I have sadness is around is, you know, how the church is treating people both outside its walls and inside. Cause here I am inside and not feeling welcomed to wrestle. Particularly, particularly in a public Christian vocational sense. I mean, there's the, there's the, the normal like Christian culture that, that, often doesn't allow for questions. But then there's that extra, oh, but you're in quote ministry. Right. And your job is to have it together. Right. <laughs> yes. So there's extra, you know, extra there when you're really wrestling through some of this stuff. What yes. have you seen? What do you do you think why do you think it's so easy for us to to proclaim right believing and then be okay with treating people poorly. Like, where do you think that came from? Why, why is that such an easy thing to embrace? Do you think? Uh, I mean, it's so easily controlled and lived out. Maybe like the go. right believing doesn't require a ton of us. You know, I, I can assent to a list of beliefs very easily, totally. yeah. but to live out those beliefs is a whole different thing. Come on. I, I think um, what I'm not saying is that our faith just gets to be whatever we want it to be. Right. But right. I think beliefs matter, the, but yes, yes. But I think the living out of those beliefs, the things, the way that Jesus invites us into mm-hmm. is not an easy way. I mean, right. if I'm laying down my life, if I'm committing to not be you know, odd and serve money. And if I'm, I'm (laughs) asking him to help take worry out of the center of my life. Um, if I'm losing my life in order to find it, like all of those things are very hard to step into. Um, 
So yeah, maybe an answer to your question. I think no, the out of it is so much more complicated than just saying, I got it all right here in my mind. That's so true. <laughs> and, I, and I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, man, as you're, as you're talking, I'm thinking of, of the Sermon on the Mount and how Jesus literally the sermon is about how you treat other people. And it's mm-hmm. summarized in this great rule, right? However you want to be treated, just do that to other people. And, um, and then he, he ends it by saying anyone who puts these words of mine into practice is like someone who built their house on a rock, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the narrow gate that he talks about isn't doctrinal purity. The mm-hmm. narrow gate is fidelity to Jesus as it plays out in lived obedience, because even the demons have great theology, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you're, I think you're identifying something that drives so many of us crazy, which is the greater heresy having um, every belief nailed down, but treating people horribly or right. not having it all figured out and being dead wrong on some things, but being full of kindness, love, and peace. And we would, you know, at least from our background, we would say, no, no, the wrong believing is the, is the bigger heresy. Right. I don't think Jesus or James would say those things because if right believing doesn't lead you to love people, then it's not right believing. Right. So I'm yes. so with you, Hillary. I, I'm a co-deconstructor in that regard. Yes. What yes. has, how has your faith adapted around and particularly as a mom now, how how do you try to wrestle against that uh, that inheritance you know that we had? Um, how do you how do you try to raise your kids into something new and practice that yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where it gets really tough because mm-hmm. I can, as a mom, I can relate to those old ways of like. Let's just, I want to keep you safe in this little box and I want it all to turn out well for you. And I want you to know God. And so I can see how it's easier to kind of control the belief things and just feel like we're all in the fold. Um, I I think that Tim and I have rebelled a little bit from the way we grew up in terms of, Mm. you got to have the quiet time. You got to pray this amount. I, you know, I, I sometimes worry we've gone a little too far to the other mm-hmm. side where there is no requirement to yeah. enter yeah. relationship with God. And I don't think that's really true, but I don't, we do a lot of just talking about who God is and what it means to follow him. And in the ins and outs of their actual lives and interaction with friends where they've been hurt. Um, we have lots and lots of Jesus conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I wondered sometimes, have I, is it enough? Am I giving them enough? And, right. you know, maybe that's the struggle. Yeah. I, I, I so resonate with that too. I really do. Um, because my, the, there's a point where, so I have I, two of mine are now in advanced stages of teenagerness. Yes. And pretending isn't the name of the game, like, like teaching them to pretend or perform for God, but they're just genuinely not super interested (laughs) and nor was I. Right. And so, and so there, there is this, um, you see why control is so tempting uh, because of fear. Right. 
And um, to trust God with, with our kids is so, so difficult. Um, Yes. How do we, I mean, this is so good, Hill. How have you grown in this? So, so what does, what does, if, if let's say you're, you're in your thirties, correct? Um, 40s. No, that is false. Um, I, I dispute, <laughs> I dispute that just for the record. What would you, what would you tell that 20 year old Hillary about, um, about what you've learned in the meantime? Hmm. I, I think I'd tell her to take the pressure off that God is able to lead the way and to, you know, the old word to sanctify her. Yeah. <laughs> like he is going to lead the process of redeeming and restoring and healing all of who she is. I, love um, that. I think that I would tell her that this life of faith is an adventure. It's a beautiful way of life. It's so counter to the things we see the world trying to do. I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't know. You've, I'm sure you've looked around lately and I'm just going like politics aren't solving the problems and nope. our pursuit Education. of yep. money is not solving the problem and are just entertaining ourselves to death isn't solving the problem. Like this way of Jesus, I think is so radical and lived out could turn the world upside down and has in many instances. And I want to be a part of that. I, yeah, I would tell her that it's the best way to live and that he, he's leading the way and can be trusted. Um, Yeah. Even with your partying, even with your questioning, yep. those, those aren't even the big, those aren't the things he's after. You know, right. I mean, it took me forever to realize Jesus's goal isn't what Dallas Willard calls sin management, mm-hmm. right? Jesus's yes. goal is the transformation of the heart right? and, uh, and its affections. And, oh my goodness, that, that just puts it all in, into a perspective that I am still compelled by. Yes. So I, I couldn't, I just couldn't agree more. That is such great counsel, Hillary. Thank you for sharing yeah. a bit of this with us. I think it's, I, I just think it's so important. We can make, I'm sure we're making tons of mistakes as parents. No question. Yeah. Our kids will be talking about us in 30 years going, you know, oh my goodness. Um, but I, I think that the mistake of allowing them to push and ask and wrestle that will not be counted among our transgressions. Right. You know, and, yes. and the idea and the idea that um, as long as you have Christian in your bio, you can treat people any way you want to is, mm-hmm. you know, is really it's anti it's anti Jesus. I think we would both yep. say. Yeah. So, man, thanks for this. Really appreciate hearing a bit of your story and, and yeah. just another voice in allowing people to kind of wrestle with these sorts of things. So uh, Journey family, thank you for tuning in. You guys are amazing. And it's so much fun to have real conversations around these topics and not feel pressure to have them all perfectly worked out or polished up, but just to be, yeah, this is kind of where I'm at. And Jesus is amazing right in the middle of that. So um, anyway, uh, tune in the rest of the week, like, rate, and subscribe. But most importantly, friends, Uh, We just want to continue to be a community that looks, talks, and acts like Jesus. So, till then, bye.
If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you would share a screenshot of this episode to your Instagram story and tag us at journey underscore TN. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app.